The fight that my sister and I had that one Christmas couldn't have been more banal. Uh, It was over 10 years ago now. We were in Kansas at my grandparents' farm on a bitterly cold day, or at least it was bitterly cold by my former standards, which uh, New York has rudely corrected in the past few days. My sister and my cousins and I were headed out to walk in the pasture uh, after a lunch where we ate more than we usually would in a three-day span. Grandma would be bringing out a spread of homemade snacks in about an hour, as was custom, to which we would also not be able to say no, so we headed out to try to feel a, less, a little less uncomfortable about the handfuls of ranch oyster crackers and strips of beef jerky to come. It was bitterly cold, and my sister put on a cardigan and made for the door. You better get a coat, I said. It's cold. She said no and kept going. We'd walked about 30 paces up the gravel road leading past the old leaning barn to the pasture gate when I said, it's freezing. Paige, you need a coat. I'm fine, she snapped. And I had known this person for all 23 years of her life, and so knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that she was furious at me. Banal. But I was shocked, stung. I had no idea what I'd done, Um, panicked in the silence between us. A gulf opened up in the minutes where I mentally replayed my actions and words and couldn't figure out where I'd gone wrong. And then it was too late. Are you okay? I asked, hopefully later when we were alone. And she dismissed me with cold fury, averting her eyes from me for the rest of the visit. Somehow, I had harmed her. And she had paid it back in turn. In the category of sins, for me, this was an unknown one, though I figured it was something done rather than undone. I had known this person for 23 years and loved no one more than her. But we had missed each other somehow and critically. It took years for us to talk about it. In our text, Jesus goes to a mountain to give a sermon. No, actually, let's start earlier. Let's talk about Christmas, the one in the Bible instead of the one in Kansas. You all know the story. Pregnant Mary, a census, moves the expectant couple to Bethlehem, no room at the inn, a born in a barn while angels sing. Except that isn't the story that Matthew tells. That's Luke entirely. Matthew tells a story about Joseph whose fiancée gets pregnant. The baby is born in their house where they live in Bethlehem. When the baby is born, some astrologers and magicians from the east set off to follow the star that's appeared in the sky. It takes them years to reach the toddler Jesus. The magi warn Joseph about Herod's plan to kill all the children under three years old, And Joseph escapes with his family to the safety of Egypt. That's Matthew's version. Now where else, I ask you, have you heard about a man 
named Joseph in Egypt? Where else is the story about a king who murders, who orders the murder of all children and a baby survives despite it all? Exodus, right? This is the story of Moses, the greatest of all prophets, the man who led Israel out of the bondage of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Matthew is doing this on purpose. Here is the new Moses, he says. And today, Jesus goes up a mountain to give a sermon. So would Moses. As the Israelites wandered in the wilderness, Moses went up a mountain. A cloud descended upon him, and then came darkness. Moses meets God in that darkness, in the mystery. He comes out and gives the people the law, the commandments. Here is everything you have to do in order to know God perfectly and to be perfect. If you realize Matthew's retelling this story, you might wonder then, is this a new law that Jesus gives? Jesus says no. He says nothing will be taken from the law until it is fulfilled. And As I mentioned last week, this sermon doesn't give a lot of commandments to follow. Today he talks about lights hidden, unsalty salt, that you'll never enter the kingdom without being better than the people who literally have the entire law memorized and devote their lives to following it. He'll go on next week to tell us to consider the birds, Enter the narrow gate, pluck out our lustful eyes, that anger is exactly the same as murder. If this is not the law of Moses, could this be the darkness of Moses? There's an early heretic in the church who was named Eunomius. Eunomius believed that you could know God perfectly. Everything about God you could understand if you tried. He said, what kind of God wouldn't fit our reason? God should be the most reasonable thing there is, the most understandable. Apparently, he had never read the Sermon on the Mount. Gregory of Nyssa, at the time, argued against Eunomius. He said this, think about Moses. He first met God in the light, the burning bush. But as he became more perfect, he met God in the cloud, where God was obscured. Finally, on the mountain, a thick darkness settled on Moses, and he communed with God there. Gregory says that true knowledge and the vision of God consist in seeing that he is invisible, Because he whom the soul seeks transcends all knowledge, separated from every part by his incomprehensibility as by a darkness. That seems true. Aren't the things and people you love most the ones you spend a lifetime getting to know a little better all the time? Isn't there always a gap between you and the other? A darkness. You can love them, move toward them, but the mystery is never gone. 
In a negative light, I think this is why true crime has always been popular, that we're amazed at what swirls around in the normal human soul. In a positive light, Christian belief is that there is also a great pinnacle of holiness, something eternal in every soul, which is unknowable to us now. Years after the fight, I worked up the courage to ask Paige if she remembered what had happened that Christmas. And she did, of course. It had been just as awful for her. She said that at the time she felt humiliated that I would order her around, how bossy I was, not letting her live her own life all the time. But she said the real thing was that she believed I intended to humiliate her. She thought I knew that saying those things would make her feel that way because I was the older sister who knew everything. And of course I knew every outcome of my actions. And if I had made her feel bad, it was because I had planned to. It was before I realized you were human, Amber, she said. I had an image of you that wasn't real. 